0: Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the media tab. Thank you and God bless. Reverend Assembly, good to have you all here in the house of the Lord. Why don't we go ahead and stand on our feet this morning? I want to read a passage real quick to you about God's love. How many know that God's love will never fail? There's nothing that can separate us. What Paul says in Romans eight and thirty-eight: "For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation." will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We say amen to that. There's nothing that can separate us from God's love. He is with us and he has big plans for us this morning. So Father, we thank you so much for your love. The love that you, you shared for us, God, for giving us this chance, the, the chance that you sent your son to take our place on the cross of what we deserve. So Lord, we celebrate today and we magnify and glorify your name. And we praise you, Lord. So I pray that you would just be invited into this place, awaken our hearts and our minds to you this morning. We pray this all in Jesus' name. When everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship this morning.
1: Oh mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: think we get caught up in that many times we're we're looking to God to perform for there's power in the name of Jesus, that that means no matter what we're looking at, no matter what we're facing no matter what we're going through, no matter what happens to be taking place whether it's good, whether it's not so good whether it's really, really not so good it doesn't change who he is he is still of kings and lord of lords he's brought us through before he'll bring us through again and this world is not my home even though I'm taking great strides to make it comfortable for me I'm sort of deluded on that because the truth is
3: this place is not my home
2: we used to sing an old-fashioned hymn. I'm not singing it, okay. <laughs> I'll forget 90% of the words, but we used to sing, there's going to be a meeting in the air in that great I am remember that no one? All you old people? <laughs> yeah. There's a song that I've been going through my head this morning when you guys were singing. I kind of triggered it. Oh, Oh! Jesus. There's redemption in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. There is all and in all in Jesus. And this morning, Lord, it's not something we try to think and, 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 and believe in our heads. This is out of witness in our hearts that assurance that knowing, that, that reality that is from you that is joy to us. We don't walk in fear. We walk in faith. We walk in boldness from that which rises up within us. God, we've tried to think through so many different things, and we've done thought through to the place that we've made a mess of things. Let us realize it's about being led by your spirits because those are the children of God. Holy Spirit, I pray in this place this morning, overwhelm us with your presence. Overwhelm us with your touch. Overwhelm us with your glory, your mercy, your power. And I pray overwhelm us with your healing virtue being released in this house. God, I pray that in this place this morning, there's no such thing as lost, that everything will be found, that everything will come to know, that everything will be joined to, that everything will continue to be dependent on you and who you are. It, 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 lord we, we we focused in long enough on our own selves on our own goods and bads and don'ts and dos and how well we've done and can we please you this time or that way or god be in control take our hearts may we know what it means to be still and know that you are god in this place lord be glorified We pray for those needs that come before us, those needs that are on our hearts, those needs that are on our prayer list, those needs that people are looking to us to lift up and to come before you in. And we pray that you become to each and every one, each and every situation, what it needs you to be through your grace that is sufficient and your strength. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. (sighs) For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Can we give him praise one more time? Amen. Amen. God bless you once. Take about two minutes and go around to maybe a neighbor. Travel down south or north if you'd like and greet somebody this morning. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house. That's important to connect with each other. Amen. 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 Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Back <laughs> hey, Seated. We want to thank you for being a part of things and being involved in things. we got a number of things that are going on and taking place. You found each other. That's great. Hey, uh, for those of you who weren't able to make it on Thursday, thank you for that extra hamburger. It was well worth it. And, and thank you for that chili, cheese, jalapeno, and onion hot dog. I feel like preaching fire and brimstone this morning. <laughs> hey, we got some more things coming up. One of the things is that we'll be having a church picnic on the grounds on August the 15th following church service. Uh, we'll give you definite time, and we're also going to be giving you additional information in reference to what you will need to bring. Everybody will be bringing a meat dish, and we're also asking you, based on your last name, the beginning letter, uh, what else to bring, whether to bring, you know, like a dessert or a salad or stuff like that. But uh, that'll be taking place on the 15th, more information's coming up. We also are asking if you'd like to be involved in an outreach, now, (laughs) we're supposed to be going to them, but actually they're gonna come to us. So we won't be traveling down to Bryn Mawr, the assisted living facility at the end of, of our road here. They're actually going to come to us. The reason for that is they weren't supposed to start renovations on their building until this fall, but they got started last week. So it's all kind of a mess, and they're not able to use the room that we normally would use for the outreach. So we're going to be doing that here. And the reason we say that, if you would like to help with that, to be a part of that, it's a great time, uh, you, you, you can't help but walk around with a smile when you talk with them, when you when you fellowship with them. It lifts their days. It just, it just turns things around for them in a lot of ways. But that's going to be, we would need you between the hours of 1130 and 1 o'clock. So if you can help us, sign up at the information center that's out there in the lobby and we'll get a hold of you and, and just finalize some things that Uh, you need to be aware of, so please be aware of that. Last Wednesday was our first kids' night, and how many bags did did you guys do? I'm trying to remember. 110? 110 bags that were delivered to some of our, our, our housing areas around here for the kids to be distributed. Bags that had treats, that had crafts that all our kids put together that night from station to station. They did a lot of number of other things. You should have seen the platform. It was, I I should have asked to just keep it. It looked really mean. But uh, anyways, they'll be doing that, not this Wednesday, but again, next Wednesday, there's another kids' night in store, it's July 21st, at six, for kids between the ages of five and 12. And it's gonna be another kids' service outreach project, but they get into this. It was a neat time, and, and we hope that you can be a part of that with your kids or whatever. Along the line, again, more information at the information center is there. Also, starting on July 18th, starting a little bit early because guess what? School starts early this year, and all the parents said, <laughs> "I love that Staples commercial where the guy's going around Staples with his cart and music playing. It's the most wonderful time." Okay, yeah, it's it's well, hey, if you've not been there, trust me, it is. But during the weeks of the 18th through August the 8th, we'll be collecting school supplies and backpacks to benefit the children in our area. We've done this year after year, and uh, the Board of Education still gets overwhelmed. with surprise surprised what we're able to do. So please note that, and you can take advantage of August the 6th through the 8th. That's your your tax-free weekend for school supplies. Amen? I'm all in favor of lowering or getting rid of taxes. Yeah. <laughs> now they're gonna come arrest me for that, I know. <laughs> That'll censor me, we've just been kicked off of Facebook and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, there's some youth projects with, uh, with the uh, night at the movies and, uh, hey guys, in, in case you might ride a, a motorcycle, we're putting back together a men's bike run on Saturday, August the 7th. And we're going to gather here about 9 o'clock in the morning and we're going to take off and spend the day, get some lunch together, have a great time. And uh, we've got some things that we're thinking through in order to make sure that we're not telling you something that's going to get changed. We'll go ahead and let you know what we're doing within the next week or so. But please mark that on your calendar that on August the 7th, we're going to take our summer bike run. Could be dangerous. We could end up at an Italiana restaurant. You've never seen a bunch of guys on bikes that have overeaten, have you? It's interesting. Anyways, so keep those announcements in mind. There's a number of other things that are taking place. Boy, it's hard to believe that this summer's flying by so fast. And uh, here we are, you know, halfway through July, and before we know it, we'll be talking about Christmas practices and stuff like that. But in the meantime, uh, there's a lot of things that we're looking at. Our connect group's going to be kicking in in September. So if somebody might be coming up to talk to you about being a part of something, we'll make you aware of some leaders. Or if you're interested in something, you can always stop by the In Touch Center, uh, the Information Center. But uh, there's a number of things going on September, October. We've got revival services with Andre coming back in October. I think it's like the first weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So he's going to be with us for that long period of time. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's doing in his life, in case you don't follow him on Facebook or anything. But there's some neat things happening. So, again, please keep those announcements, those commercials in mind, if you will. At this time, are you ready for this? At this time, we're going to ask our ushers to come. As we wait upon you for his tithes, our love offerings, and faith promises. So, yeah, we're, we're getting back to a little bit of normality. So you don't have to kick the bucket after the service. Thank you. But this is huge, and this is important. And, and you know, the normality of things. And. I'm just glad to see these guys up here. Don't they look good? They look good. circumstances don't define him he defines the circumstances it's it's interesting because i see many people give up on god yeah. because things didn't work out or because people lived a certain way or did certain things or they got offended certain places or just people give up on god wait 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 a minute Wait, wait just a minute. Do we really know who God is, or are we just focused in on what's out here? How many know? You're going to face some stuff out here. This morning, I want to very simply go ahead and throw up the first slide. I want want to talk to you about what makes a good fight. What makes a good fight? Turn to your neighbor. Okay, you got the answer. There we go. We can uh, What... (laughs) What makes a good fight? I, I, I read a story about a little boy who came into his mother's kitchen and announced to her that was a good fight. The mother looked at her little boy and his shirt was torn. It was dirty. His jeans were ripped at the knee. And, and he had a black eye and a big scrape on his elbow. She looked at him and said, well, what, what was so good about it, she asked. He said, I won. The Bible tells us that we are to fight the good fight of our faith. Take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 there in your notes. And, And really, if you didn't pick up notes, you're going to wish you did this morning. I'm going to tell you that straight up. They're there for your benefit. They're there for you to continue to remember and to look over. It's a way of continuing to just chew on what God's been telling us this week. So it says in 1 Timothy, now that I've made all of you feel guilty, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What makes it a good fight? I can tell you right now what makes it a good fight is because we are on the winning side. If any conflict with the enemy of our of our hearts, of our souls, in any of those conflicts, we've got to remember at all times, the devil is a defeated foe. Jesus is the victor. But, I, I can hear it, I'd rather not fight. I'd rather avoid a conflict. Well, duh, who wouldn't? I mean, I agree, but that, that we should you know miss every fight that we possibly can, but at the same time, we have got to recognize that we cannot step aside from some issues. There are some situations and difficulties that are cast upon us with any cause, without any desire or provocation on our part. Past instances and, and, and decisions, I can tell you, even in my own life in, in, that I've made, that I've walked into. You know, you have those gut experiences. And with me, it's a little bigger than most. But I have big gut experiences that tells me I should have thought twice about that. Have you ever got to the other end and said, well, I wish I would have thought twice about that. I wish I would have thought twice before I said that. Well, you may say, you, you could have said no to it then. Yeah, I could have. But that thinking relies on something called hindsight. And friend, unless there are principles of God that we have violated, and therefore lessons that we can learn and apply to the future, there's very little value in hindsight. Hindsight. Let me repeat that just in case you missed it. Unless you can look back on a situation and say, I have violated God's the principle of God, and in that case, the result was a negative outcome. Unless you can do that, there, there, there's little value in hindsight. There's nothing really to be learned or gained. Many people, however, let's be real, they use hindsight as a response. They use it as a response to the outside, to the external, physical attacks of the devil in a whole lot of situations in their lives. The main question we must ask is this. Who is in control? Who is in control? Ask that question with me. Who is in control? If you think that you are in control of your life and uh, any particular situation, I can tell you this morning, you're in trouble. Why? Because you, you, we can't possibly control everything in, in, in life or even have the wisdom to know what to do in every situation for all the people involved. Hello? Newsflash you are a human being prone to failure and to limitations in judgment, power, and ability. Now, I know most of us men would not admit that, but it's the truth. If you believe that life happens at random, uh, you certainly won't be comforted. I'll tell you that right now. If life unfolds haphazardly, you've you, you got nothing that you can count on. There's little use in planning, preparing, and, and leaning or adapting. And what's more, <laughs> there's little meaning to life for people with that mindset. But if you understand that God is in control of all things, and that life is unfolding according to His master plan. Then you have to look at what's hap- what what happens in your life and conclude. As much as it might not sell well with you, God knows all about this. Oh yes, He does. Now now, now let's 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 get down to the nitty and gritty. Let's talk about the six hundred pound gorilla in the room fact of the matter is, he has allowed this to happen. God is in control of all outcomes. He has a way through, okay, this difficulty and and a good result at the end of this dark tunnel. God is at work and he's fashioning all things to his glory. He, he, he is going to work all things for my eternal benefit starting now. Do, do I believe God is in control at all times and in all situations? Absolutely. Explanation points. I know God is in control of the, of, of the events in my, my, my personal life. At all times and in all situations, God is in control as well of the major events of the world at all times and in all situations. Nothing that's happening in this world is coming to us as a surprise to God. He's still in control, and we have a tough time grabbing hold of that and thus not having any rest in our lives. Let, let me take a, an example. Let me let me go back. Uh, you remember the aftermath back in the September 11 terrorist attack that you know uh, that that took place because a number of stories were told about people who should have been in the towers, the Twin Towers in New York City, but they weren't in those towers because of small or what you would think to be. Uh, minor situations. For example, there was one man who went to answer his phone and missed his bus and was 15 minutes late getting to the building. There was another woman discovered her child had a fever and needed to be taken to a medically equipped daycare instead of her or his regular daycare. And and, and thus was late getting work. And I, I like this one. This one guy stopped to pick up donuts for his office staff and was late. There was another woman who slept through her alarm. God was in the control of those situations and at work in those lives for his purpose to be accomplished in days, weeks, months, and even years after September 11th. I know you're all sitting there thinking, wait a minute, Pastor. Yeah. What about those who went to work that morning and died as the two massive sky scrapers imploded. Do we just simply conclude that those people could have avoided dying that day if they had just called off sick and not gone to work? No. And I want you to hear me very clearly. God was no less in control of their lives. I'm gonna tell you straight up, it's not a pretty picture. And we may not understand his plans and purposes for their lives to have ended that morning. And I'll be honest with you, we may never understand this side of eternity, the fullness of God's plans and purposes for that tragic day. But I assure you this, God was no less in control. His plans and purposes are unfolding. In his timing, according to his methods, and always in a way that will defeat the devil, produce eternal benefit for us, and bring him glory. Period. Amen. You know, I think back on instances in my own life with what I've walked through, what I've gone through, with the cancers that I've, I've, I've battled through—what three, four times now—and and, and 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 I look at that and I think about that and I remember. Why wasn't I all, you know, upset? Why did I have a peace about it? Was it all on my mind? What might happen or what might take place? Well, of course it was. But I wasn't in fear. Most of all, I had put full trust in God as my great physician. Please, I want you to understand something. Number one, I had prayed about this surgery and had peace about having it, especially when they told me I had to repeat it. I I had others pray and, and, and prayed with me. I had done everything I knew what to do in the natural sense of things, and I had put full trust in God to be in control and to accomplish his plans and his purposes, and Kathy and I will never forget the day that we're going down middle of downtown Ravenna and get a phone call from the doctor, and said, "Whatever God you're praying to, keep doing it." He said it was cancer in my eyes, but it came back completely benign. So you know what I'm saying is, if, if, and I'm just going to say this: I'm not saying this to make anybody feel guilty. If you feel guilty, it's because you're guilty. Sorry. But if you're living your life in in this way, praying about every major decision, walking in the peace of God as you go about your daily routines, doing what you know to do to live safely and with common sense, and trusting God to be in control always and to accomplish His plan for your life, you are living the way God intends. So what am I saying? Listen to me carefully. The attack's that may come your way are not attacks that could have been avoided. The greater question, take a look at your notes, is not what can we do to avoid attacks from the enemy, but how are we to respond to such attacks when they come? I'm going to tell you right now, the way in which we respond to the enemy's attacks determines whether, number one, our faith is gonna be strengthened or weakened. Our witness of God's power and presence in our lives will be greater or lesser. That God receives greater or lesser glory and praise. And this is a kicker. Unsaved people are more inclined or less inclined to trust in Jesus. The way in which we respond to the enemy's attacks determines whether those things take place this way or take place that way. Whew. Look, I'm going to be up front with you. The enemy can strike us in so many different ways. Do I have a witness? Yeah. I mean, his attacks often usually surround external circumstances, correct? We're faced with illnesses, injury, assault, loss of a job, betrayal of a friend, divorce papers served from a spouse, a sudden drop of value in our our finances, a a, a flood or fire destroying our house, or any, what I would call an extremely broad variety of attacks that, that might threaten our bodies, our finances, our relationship, our careers, or even our material possessions. When, when we pastored in, in East Liverpool, it was a Saturday night, and, and the torrential downpour of rain that came down. And as it came down, we woke up that Sunday morning to realize we lived in a bi-level, so downstairs was the living room, it was the the, the bedroom, the laundry room, the restroom, the you know, all that stuff that's downstairs, and, and the kids' playroom was down there. And when we woke up, went down the steps to find four feet of water that was toys and furniture submerged and everything else in that, along with the fact we had a septic system. So guess what else was floating around with that as well? You know what I mean when I say it stunk. What really stunk was to find out the church didn't have because it was a parsonage it was not a house that we on the church never took out sewer backup on the property. We had in our storage our yearbooks our 8mm kids videotapes of when they were babies. They paraphernalia's or shoes, Kathy's wedding gown, all these things. We sat there on the steps and, and cried. And I think the main thing is, is, is I don't, I, I'm not saying anything against any one person, but nobody ever came out to even check on it as far as the church. It's their church. their house. We lost everything that, that, that day. Back in hmm, back in the uh, late '80s. Back then, we lost close to thirty thousand dollars, and you know what that looks like today. We had to come up with money, replace everything, clean everything. It took us six, seven months to finally get back downstairs and have a long life. We bought all new Christmas decorations. got decorated all up for Christmas. New Year's Day, it was 60 degrees, and guess what happened? The rain started coming down, and all of a sudden, we felt all the squishiness on the carpet again. Have you ever known what it is to go through such a thing, and you feel all alone? I'm talking about those attacks that come our way. I mean, (laughs) who... Who, who in their right mind is going to expect a flood in their house when you're not even in a flood zone? Well, we got flood insurance afterwards. It didn't help us then. But, but, but you just sit on the steps. You, you, you cry. You feel all alone. And you don't know what to do. You're trying to deal with things. Uh, how many know what I'm talking about? My my. my, my my oldest son, Gary, when, when he was in the even two yet, I was working on my lawnmower. In a, I'll make this a short story. I was working on my riding lawnmower in the garage because the battery had gone dead. And so I charged it up. And then I started it up. He was walking around with little bowl of grapes, you know, in, in a diaper. <laughs> I'm going to hear it now. Anyways, the, the, the lawnmower kicked into gear. And it went right at him, took him, and slammed him in the ground ran completely over and stomped on him. I honestly thought he was dead. He, you know, got in the shock and turned blue and his eyes rolled back and, you know, you do the wrong thing, you know, you're, supposed to, you're never supposed to pick him up. I picked him up. And I'm tapping him, I'm yelling at him and, and you know, he takes a couple gasps of breath and he, he starts crying and stuff. We got in the hospital, he had busted his leg uh, right below the hip there. and He was there in the hospital for two weeks. As a matter of fact, he turned two while he was in the hospital. I'll never forget, while well, they had him back and working on him. I'm in a side room, and I'm just, I'm beside myself. Nobody, nobody is, there's a couple guys came to pray for it. I didn't want to pray for it. Did you ever feel that alone, that you don't want anybody around you, you don't want anybody to touch you, you don't want anybody to talk to you? And then through the door comes this one lady and says, Hi, I'm from social services. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Not now. And and, and you're, just, you're just all alone. It's it's that kind of a feeling. The reason I'm saying that is, is, is maybe somebody's just driving a familiar route down the road. And, and, and you're taking your kids to school maybe, and you're finding yourself in an intersection at the same time somebody who decides to run a red light is coming through. What I'm trying to say is the external strikes of the enemy can never be avoided 100% of the time. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen age. We live in a world where we are surrounded by sinful men and women. We live in a world in which many of our daily mundane actions and behaviors are subject to systems and circumstances that are not based on God's word. Hello? External attacks happen. Now grab this. The devil has the power to trip us up, inflict harm on us, and cause evil to greatly affect our lives. Ah, friend, hear it. He has the power to trip us up, inflict harm on us, and cause evil to greatly affect the lives. Now, Jesus said what? That the devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, Satan has the ability to do just that. To steal from us, to hit us with blows that kill some aspect of life and destroy the work that we're doing. No one No one is impervious to the devil's external attacks. We do not have a super spiritual shield that that protects us at all times. And we see the countless examples of that all through the scripture, friend. You have, for example, Joseph, Jacob's son. He was marked by God for a very special purpose. But, But even though he was marked by God, God allowed him to be thrown into a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused by his owner, and tossed into the dungeon. you, you got Elijah, for example, and perhaps in my book, the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. But even so, God allowed Jezebel to persecute him to the point that he fled to a remote cave where he was fed by ravens and drank from a small brook. But all I'm trying to say is, We can and must recognize that no matter how severe the external attacks are, God is in control. The devil is not. And because he's in control, the attacks of the enemy are limited in scope. Because he's in control, the attack of the enemy is limited in duration. Because he's in control, the good that God has planned will be far greater than the results of the attack. And because God is in control, God has planned a benefit that will strike a blow against the devil and bring about eternal blessings to his children and bring him glory. Hello. Friend, what I'm telling you is you can count on those statements to be true. Because he's in control. Hello? If he's not, we're in trouble. L- let me remind you the story of Job in the Old Testament. Many think that, that the story of Job is about patience. Huh. You know, the, the, the patience of Job. I don't see much of Job having patience. Okay? Job's story, however, is really about a man who experienced A spiritual attack. In the beginning, the story was told that Job was the most righteous man. The most righteous man on the earth in his day. And God called him blameless and upright. Remember that? And and said there was no one like like him in all the earth. So God gave the devil permission to afflict Job. And very quickly, Satan moved in, and what did he do? He wiped out all of Job's possessions, his flocks, his herds, his houses, and, and, and then all his children and servants. God responded by saying this, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, he was still trusting in God. And then then what happens? God God gave Satan permission to to strike Job in his body. And so Job's physical body now becomes covered in these painful, oozing, ugly boils from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. He takes clay pots that have been broken and he's scraping. I won't get there right now, I'm sorry. That wasn't the end of Job's suffering. Job also suffered anguish in his mind and emotions as well as his spirit. Remember Job's wife suggested that he curse God and die? And Job refused. Then he had three of of, of his friends come and and, and supposedly to mourn with him and to comfort him, you know, and, and, and how did that work for him? Rather, they accused Job of sin in his life. And when Job upheld his righteousness, they accused him of pride instead. Job finally said to them this, found in in chapter 19, he says, How long will you torment my soul and break me in pieces with words? These ten times you have reproached me. You are not ashamed that you have wronged me. Well, you know the story, in the end, Job casts himself upon the mercy of God. And he forgave his friends. And God not only restored Job to health, but also restored to him even more children. Seven sons and three daughters. Greater flocks, herds, and wealth. That he had, more wealth than he had before his affliction. Throughout the story of Job, I want you to realize these points. One, God limited what Satan could do. Satan might have been given the ability to destroy Job's possessions and afflict his body, but he could not lay claim to Job's life or his spirits. Second thing is that God limited the amount of time that Job suffered. He he didn't allow Satan to bring more suffering into Job's life than than Job could endure. And, and, And God turned the situation for good Rewarding Job with far more than he had lost, and the last thing there is that God received glory from Job's life. Oh yes, He did. And and here's the kicker: thousands of years later, we are still talking about how Job maintained his faith and trust in God even in the worst of times. Hello, see Job. Proved God's faithfulness and God's omnipotence and God's omniscience and and all that goodness that he is. And when the devil strikes us, friend, we can take heart that God has a purpose in allowing the devil to act. And the purpose is a divine one that we may not understand but that nonetheless is for our good and the good of others. The grief, the suffering, or pain... Is only for a season. The end result is that as we may remain faithful to God, it's going to bring glory to Him. Amen. You know, I looked at this last year to 20 and. You know, you can get pretty filled with anxiety at times. And when we had to shut down our services for you know, a month and a half here, another month and a half, there. when you talk about three or four months of being shut down and not being able to meet together, if you'd have told me that way back when, before it happened, I would have said, just shut the doors, turn around, we're done, it's over how how are we gonna make it how are we how are we gonna do it we can't there's there's no there's no existence there and 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 you know I'll never forget I, I went to Europe <laughs> God had opened up the door you guys had blessed me to do so and I go over there and we had services I, I never had a chance to tell you never had a chance to even show you the pictures we had revival over there things hit churches started to get shut down there they were actually going ahead and having the church services because I happened to be there and boy, God, you want? not I mean, we saw, I saw people not only get saved, I literally saw in two separate services, demons coming out of individuals that had been plowed down by the Holy Spirit. Now I'm gonna tell you something, you ain't seen nothing until you've seen stuff like that. We watched people get healed, we watched people rejoice, we watched revival break out. It reminded me of the late 90s here in this place, with what God was doing, and I mean, God was pouring out His Spirit everywhere. I mean, we went all over the place, and 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 then we got back, and they dropped me off at the hotel at the airport, and there I stayed, stuck, couldn't get home. Airlines being shut down, airports being closed. Every time I rescheduled it, rescheduled schedule, it got canceled. I didn't know if I'd make it back. And and, and several days later, when I was finally able to finagle a flight to get back, i get back only to be isolated for two weeks Then by the health department. I mean, it was over and over and over again. Things that happened, the attacks that were coming, and, and the issues and situation. Hey, he could have prevented it, but he didn't. You know what I say to that? Therefore, God had a purpose and plan related to this time. And what I found is that I needed to rest in the confidence of God, who knows all, can do all, and sees the future of all things. I'm talking about the one who was and is in control. His purposes were unfolding according to To his master plan for my life. And and my response was was not to go, oh no,
1: I I don't know why God. Why? (sighs)
2: You ever been there? I have. And he's taught me through it. He's taught me to stand in faith and declare, wait a minute, wait, wait just a minute. I am in Christ. And Christ is in me. God is in 100% control. I will trust God for... Dot, 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 And then step back and hush up. Because I'm not giving the enemy any more glory. So what were the victories, the changes, the breakthroughs? Well, what is it that I, I learned is is that sometimes, you know what? God actually does make me to lie down in green pastures. I, I saw this as a time when, when the Lord was... I went nuts two weeks at home, not able to go anywhere, do anything, step out. will forget it. I wanted to go to the store and buy meat. <laughs> but... But the Lord was making me to lie down, to lie low, to cease from my goings and all my doings. And over the weeks, I felt like this incredible renewal of energy. In fact, until that time, I hadn't really realized how weary I had become. I I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was proving himself strong to me. I knew that it was working on me. And I knew he was defeating the devil. I knew, I knew, I knew we're going to have church again. And I know that as we continue here and what we're doing and looking at and going forth, it's going to be better than ever. God, pour out your spirit. I'm telling you straight up, it's been through this time that God has restored my hope, strengthened my faith, renewed my love relationship with him. You cannot help but spend time with him and not have that happen. Now, do I have any desire to repeat that experience? No. Hello. But when I think of all the good that God produced as a result of that experience... That can't help but rejoice. Is Satan's hand in all this limited? Oh, yes, it is. Was the suffering just for a season? Yes, it was. Did God turn turn this to our, our personal good? Oh, yes, he has. Is God giving the glory for his work in our lives? I pray that he is and will. Never, friend, never lose sight that God is in control of your life, all of your life, all of the time. He has a purpose and a plan that is unfolding as you continue to praise him and thank him and to trust him step by step. So let me very quickly give you three things that you can always count on. Three things you can count on. You can always count on these things when the enemy attacks you. You can be certain that God's going to help you. God's holy. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He is immutable. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 59, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it, can't, that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. The Lord desires, wants to help you. He is waiting for you to ask him. Number two is that you can rest assured that the attack will come to an end. I often tell people, when you find yourself in the wilderness, don't try and find your way out. you are only prolong the experience. Let God lead you. There's no temptation or crisis that lasts forever. Temptation may come again in another form or or come again after a period of time. But every temptation has a time limit put on it. Number three, you can expect to be stronger in your spirit after you have resisted an attack of the enemy. Never ever lose sight of the truth that God and Satan are not equals. Satan is not omnipotent which means all-powerful he is not omniscient which means all-knowing huh. he's dummy. he is not infinite God Father Son Holy Spirit is omnipotent is omniscient and is infinite. You know what I find is that too many people seem to think that God and Satan are in this tug of war, right? One's pulling one toward good and the other is pulling the other one towards the opposite direction, toward evil. And while God and Satan are opponents, this they are opponents. But friend, they are not equal. Satan is a created being. He is a finite creation. God is the infinite creator. There's no comparison in their power, in their majesty, or glory. Furthermore, Satan is a defeated foe. His eternal faith has already been established by Christ's death on the cross and resurrection. He, in case he doesn't know his address, will spend eternity in a location called the lake of fire. Amen. But here's the thing. Between this moment and the moment that Satan is banished forever to that lake of fire, he has been given permission to test the will of man and to tempt mankind. Listen very carefully. God allows this as a part of the tremendous gift of free will that he has given to every man and woman. Why, friend, God desires for us to choose to love him, to choose to accept him as Savior and follow Jesus as Lord. But if a person... Willfully and consciously chooses not to receive Jesus, God's going to allow them to make such a choice. I'm going to be straight up. Satan seeks to take to hell with him every human being he can entice into turning away from God's free offer of salvation. That that, that is the motivation behind every spiritual attack. Satan is seeking to turn a person away from God and towards themselves. Themselves, not, 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 not Satan, but to themselves. Me, myself, and I. He is attempting to lead that person in what I call chains of bondage to sin. All the way to something called as we know what eternal damnation, if he can. Jesus, however, secures and seals us by the power of his Holy Spirit so that the devil can never completely destroy believers in him. In that, I'm going to call it the supreme truth of the gospel you and I can stand firm against all attacks and snares of the devil. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Friend, the attacks come limited. And you can count on God every time to do what only he can do. He is for you, not against you. And boy does he have a future and a whole plan for you. I know for many of us here in this room, we've gone through huge devastation, loss, grief, doesn't change who God is. Would we have liked for it to turn out a different way? Absolutely. Every time. But i got to trust who He is and what He's doing. And I know that He has eternal benefits in store for me. Both here and on the other side. The question is this morning, you believe what he has offered to you? Will you receive of what he's done for you? You know what? I have found many a time God just doesn't make sense. They told me I'll never forget the time Malia was just a Little rugrat that barely sat up in the chair, and I had her in my office, and we were watching some cartoon—I forget what it was. And I was feeding her cheese and potato chips like a good papa does, <laughs> only she didn't chew the cheese completely, and yeah, it wedged, and she's sitting there in the chair. I didn't know. Next thing I know, she started slumping over, and I thought, "Wow, she's going to sleep." It didn't take but a moment longer than I realized, oh my God, sometimes you don't know what to pray, but there's that great one-word prayer, God! (laughs) I did everything wrong, put my finger in there, we're supposed to do that, turned her upside down, whacked her a little bit, tried to get a hold of 911, none of the phones were working, didn't want to leave her and run to another phone somewhere else. I'm screaming, walking, running out here, you know, peeing. By the time the pyramids came here, she was fine. It lodged itself one way or another, somewhere between my office and the lobby. (laughs) You're not going to avoid the attacks. My heart goes out. I uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, sat in the car one time not too long, about a week or two ago on the way to do another funeral. And I said, Kathy, I'm tired of doing funerals. I buried one too many people. Friends. People I didn't know. The families that were hurting. The last sting of sin is death. It's that simple the last thing he has against us God's defeated it as well through his son Jesus and Jesus told us that if we believe upon him even though we may die we live God is not the God of the dead he's the God of the living so when he says I'm the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob that's because they ain't dead they're alive And I know that to those who have received Christ and have gone from this world into his presence, they're alive. I don't fear death. I don't want it, but I don't fear it either. Because I know I trust him and what he's done. We go through the hurts. We go through the pains. We go through the situations. Stand with me. We get slapped in the face with one external thing after another. Job loss, financial devastation. Well, we run into to, 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 to rejection and marital issues, and you name it. But how many know God is still in control? I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands here. As well. I'm just going to say if you're here in this place and your life isn't right with God and you know it and you've been running, you've been rejecting, this is the morning he's calling to you. But in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to find a place of prayer around these holders. But not just you, I'm going to ask all of us. Before a moment, I'm just going to ask us to close ourselves in this song. Because this song speaks volumes to me during a point like this. Sing it with, sing it together. Sing it as you go ahead and play, please. Sing it as it is. as it makes all the sense of the world. Jesus, consider in pure joy, my brothers and sisters, wherever you face trials of any kind.
4: We pray for blessings. Wow.